Welcome back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Steven. And I'm Kyle. And I hope you nerds are having a wonderful Monday. So, you better just be doing that. Once again, Monday is the worst day of the week. I concur. Monday is the shits. So, if we can brighten your day, any at all, we're going to try to do that. Um... Let's just get through the business. Uh, check us out at all our social medias. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Reddit, Discord. Come and hang out. Be part of the community. You know the deal. If you have a listener encounter, a personal experience that you'd like for us to feature on a future show, Kyle's got some hella dope info that he's going to put your way. Hell yeah, you can... Write a story out, send it to the email, which is going to be hollowskypodcast at gmail.com. Listen to that, that epic crack there. It completely destroyed my train of thought. <laughs> it does me too. But you could um, record yourself on a voice memo app on your phone or record a video of it, shoot it over to the same email. You can also call or text the holophone which is going to be 1618-556-0837. Yes, I know and I am aware that there is no voicemail set up on that, and I apologize. I just haven't got around to it. This past week has been insane. It's to make it a surprise. Yeah, it's been insane, and I spent a lot of time this week uh, going through every episode, which is a pain in the ass, correcting the numbers on it because they were all jacked up but i got all that squared away so now we're straight we're actually an episode behind like if you follow us on social media as i posted uh, 181 was our ai boys episode well actually this is going to be our 181 episode yeah so now we got two 181 yeah so i screwed that up but that's whatever it's we do, shit happens we do things the way we want to and math and numbers are just a human construct, so yeah. we don't have to follow. Also, math. Real quick, while I'm and physics thinking about things, Kyle's thinking. Um, we have a personal goal set up by Halloween. We would like to be at one million downloads. I'm pretty sure we're gonna hit that mark, but let's all try to get us there. Yeah, shout the show out. So. Which is, it, I know I, I realize that that's kind of small in the world of podcasting. However, oh, I don't uh, think it is. I do. I'm, I'm, uh, I aim for the sun. Uh, yeah, let's just get to a million downloads. You know, like I said, I feel like it's small in the world of podcasting, but it is a huge milestone for me and Steve. So we'd be appreciative if we can get to that number by Halloween. Which, like I said, we are definitely on par to making that happen. Yeah, originally we wanted to hit a million downloads by the end of the year. Yeah. But you guys have been blowing that out of the water. So then yeah. we move, we up the ante a little yeah. bit to Halloween. Yeah. <clears throat> Got to keep pushing. Uh, we have a secondary email set up. Did you mention that? Oh, no, I did not. I forgot uh, about it. If you have a story that you would like to be interviewed about, hit us up at hollowskyinterviews at gmail.com. We've got a couple emails over there we're going to respond to. We're going to try to set up a... Tuesday or Wednesday nights to kind of get together and maybe record some interviews. So if you've got something wild you want to talk about. Yeah, 730, 8 o'clock our time, which is Central Central Standard Time. Also, everybody keep in mind that interviews with us are going to go on our Patreon. Unless you're content creators. Content creators will obviously want to try to promote as much as we can and help everybody out. So... I just keep trying to drive that into everybody's head because I don't want anybody to get mad that their interview isn't on the normal show. That stuff is going to be for Patreon. Like I said, it's going to be a a two completely different show situation there. Yeah. What Kyle said. Yeah. Um, If you'd like to support the show, we have tons of ways you can do that. First off, you can check out our Patreon, like we said. All kinds of different content over there. Um, doing a bunch of different things. You can check that out. 
see if there's anything you're interested in. We've got extra content over there, 35 plus extra episodes. Um, I've been posting kind of starting a little archive of weird newspaper articles that I'm stumbling across. I'm sending over there, the Patreon, all sorts of cool stuff. So check that out. We have a Venmo. If you'd like to throw some money in the monster box, that'd be cool. The best thing you could do is just put the word out, word of mouth, keep sharing the show. I don't know what kind of legwork you guys have been putting on the last week, but our our numbers went way up the last week. Like, blew our records out of the water, which is dope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely digging it. So somebody somebody with some legwork, some pull, set our name somewhere, because it just it had to blew it up. Um, you can also leave us a five-star rating and review at wherever you listen to podcasts. That also helps us out. And if you leave us a review with your rating and I find it, I will gladly shout you out. Let me find one from today. Give me a second. Okay. This one is from Tegan95, one of the top podcasts out there. Five star. Love these guys. They're so funny and relatable. I love all the subjects they cover. Each and every show is interesting. I'll be a listener for life. Keep it up, homies. I look forward to every new episode. Stay dope. PNW Paranormal from the Marijuana Piranha. <laughs> Another good one. So if we got a big if, if somebody manages to get a Bigfoot bong ripper tattoo, somebody's gonna have to get a marijuana piranha tattoo. I feel like that's that's doable. Doable. Uh we also, this last week, I know we're all over the place and people are probably gonna bitch, but whatever. We went to the Van Meter Visitor Festival. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. Drove down to Iowa, up to Iowa. Yeah, up to yeah. Iowa. Checked it out. It was super cool. It was cool. Uh, our homie Burton drove down from South Dakota, I think South Dakota. Yeah. And met us, and we got to hang out with him for an hour or two. It was super cool meeting him. Uh, we got to listen to a bunch of great guest speakers. Uh, they had all kinds of stuff. Uh, we listened to Jeremiah from the Bigfoot Society. He did a uh, great little setup there. Um, we heard about Mel's Hole, pterodactyls, all kinds of cool shit. We yeah. also went on the tour. We walked the actual streets of Van Meter, saw all the locations where the creature was spotted. Um, we even got to take a tour back to where the opening of the mine is, mine is located, which was super, super awesome. It was cool, and uh, two two of my favorite things from the the convention, you know, outside of meeting Burton, which he was uh, beyond words that I could really express to meeting him. He was so humble, and and like like I made the post on Instagram. I'm like, dude, thank you for for listening, for supporting, and for being our friend. Like I can't I can't appreciate that anymore. Yeah. Solid, solid, solid people. Yeah, and but two of my favorite things was <clears throat> two of the. Uh, the three of the speeches that we sat in on, I really dug the Bigfoot Society's guy's research and his everything he put into his research, and then the pterodactyl research was was pretty awesome. You know, she alluded to some of the the stories that it, her family have, and they sound amazing. And then the the Hellhound talk was phenomenal. Oh yeah, well, I like can't, that I can't shit was. Uh, something Nelson. Kevin Nelson, maybe. Yeah, I think that's it. Kevin Nelson. I'd love to get him on the show because that dude seems like a wealth oh man of knowledge like, when it comes to that, that particular subject. Dude, that was that was so fucking cool. Everything that he talked about, it was it was amazing. I would love, absolutely love, to get that guy on the show and tell all of you guys about the, everything he's put into that, some of the things that he's done with that. Man, it was it was awesome. It was a good time. It was. It's it's getting to be that time of year where all kinds of cool spooky shit's going on. So and, oh, and another thing, I think we go ahead and start putting it out there. Me and Steve, as as far as we know, as long as everything lines out, you know how life is. But we will be going to CryptidCon. CryptidCon, November. Yes. I don't know the exact date, but when I find it, I'll post it. We're gonna roll down there and yeah, check it out, peep it again. We're Always not gonna have time. a booth. We're not gonna have a booth or anything. Nobody, but we're gonna we're gonna be attending it. We don't get a whole lot of invites to set up. No, but no. Eventually we will. 
Well, like I like the title you gave us, "The Bastard Sons of the Paranormal." They really are people. Just I walk dig a, it. People walk a wide circle around us. They're like, "Look at these two fucking idiots." We are. We're like whatever we really nerds. Are. Get out of here. We nerds. do what we want. But since we're still rambling and everybody doesn't like us, uh, we're kind of changing up pace a little bit today because me and Kyle were talking, and we get some really. Uh, lengthy emails for listener experiences and they're they're essentially just too long for us to put before an episode and still give enough time to like actually put some meat in that episode so we're going to start picking these long ones out and just pretty much dedicating a show to one person's listener experience especially these super long ones so with that being said Today's show is just going to be the supernatural encounters of our friend Braden, who was a member of the Canadian Forces. Maybe still, maybe still is. I'm not sure, but we're going to get into it. So we'll probably see more of these because we do have a lot of uh, lengthy listener encounters that we haven't been able to put at the beginning of the show. Yeah. So and that's, we're just that's gonna. Another thing I want to touch on real quick because I know there's whatever going on, but it's one of them things too, like. Like Steve said, it's not that we're ignoring people in some of their submissions. It's that they're like you said, they're they're so long that we can't we can't put them in front of a, a show that's already dedicated to an hour of time, you know. Yeah, and essentially they're even they're even too long to even like put in listener submission shows. So we we pretty much have to dedicate a whole show to them yeah. on their own. Right. Which is cool because I'm I'm kind of perusing this one and it looks pretty neat. So Yeah. So just keep that in mind, you know, when and Things will get a lot smoother and a lot. Well, oh well, they would get a lot smoother if we could do this full time. It's just with everything. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want to toot our horn or anything, but like just just keep that in mind. Just kind of work with us. Be patient. If you have to, remind us once in a while. Because it's really it's hard. You know, you get so and so messaging you over here about it, and then you got somebody else over here, and you're trying to juggle everything, and then research for the current shows, and then promote and do this and do that, and it gets a little crazy. So. And then people think you're ignoring them, and they get mad. Yeah, and I don't, thing. I don't, I don't want that. But anywho, we're jumping in here, and these are the supernatural encounters while serving in the Canadian Forces. From Let's our go, Braden. I love the title. The title just wrote itself, right yeah, there. Right. <clears throat> okay, Braden says, "Hey guys, I messaged you on Instagram about your mimic story, just confirming some standard procedures as far oh, as yeah. passwords and code words while on operations to identify friendly forces." He did too. That's awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate that. That's why I told him. I said, awesome. It's cool to have that logically explained to me. Because a lot of, like, some people will be like, yeah, they do this. And they just, I know it's nothing against them, but they 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 do it in a fashion that it's like, well, you should, you, like, duh, don't you know that? And it's yeah. like, well, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't. That's why I asked. Dumbass. I know. I Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I really appreciate the way he explained everything to me. It was really helpful. And it made perfect fucking sense. Yeah, I love I love that we're able to call out on our listeners. Yeah. Get good good responses. Okay. I had mentioned I wanted to share my two experiences with you that still to this day leave me shook and somewhat fearful of the night. Feel free to share if you find these interactions as chilling as I did. I'll tell both stories and break it up for you. Story number one. To set the scene, at this point I had been serving in the army as an armored reconnaissance soldier for five years. I'd done hundreds to thousands of hours in training at Canadian Forces Base Meadford, 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 M-E-A-F-O-R-D, Meadford, prior to this and knew all about local legends of ghosts and the base's history, but it never took, but never took it as more than just talk to keep troops from getting bored or falling asleep on watch. To give you a backstory of the CFB Meadford, the CFB Meadford has been around as a base for almost 100 years, mostly used as a tank range in the 1940s, and in modern times, its primary role is to train the next generation of infantry soldiers for the Canadian Army. Before the government bought the land to build the base proper, one kilometer by one kilometer, and training area attached to the base, 18 by 16 kilometers, 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 however you want to say it, it was an old settlement with scattered stone houses only accessible by foot up to a steep mountain, or up to a steep mountain or by boat. The base and training area sits on top of a mountain. We call it Devil's Island in the Sky. As three faces are steep inclines and the north side is a sheer drop-off into the Georgian Bay waters, causing crazy, unpredictable, unpredictable weather systems that often cloak the mountaintop. Every soldier who's been there 
nose of the tank ruts all over the break ankles if you step into them unexpected unexpectedly but also the remnants of old stone houses with usually just a few broken walls and the basement foundation left still intact scattered all over through the woods are old cemeteries and wells from the 1800s it's not uncommon to walk up on a gravestone in the middle of nowhere while on patrol there's many ghost stories on the base but the most noticeable is blue eyes or blue-eyed mary she was a teenage girl who died in the late 1800s while out from her house she fell into a well on her property and by the time she was discovered she had drowned or died of hypothermia waiting to be rescued from the well her grave is located in the northern part of the training area, not far from the remnants of her house and the well she fell in. <clears throat> I'd heard many stories secondhand about numerous soldiers hearing a female voice calling for help and following the voice only to fall into the same well she died in. These stories span the whole history of the base. No one ever died, but the base found it big enough a big enough problem that they boarded up uh, only that well and put two fences around the well also a fence around Mary's grave. I'd been near her grave multiple times on patrols, day and night, and always found it overly quiet there, but never anything more than that. As a soldier, I know animals tend to quiet down if people are in the area, especially at night. So on to my own story. <clears throat> this would have been 2018. I was on a leadership course in Meaford. Uh, we were conducting recon patrols at night and being assessed as the team's leader so everyone was on their A-game. We had patrolled past Mary's grave, on route to our objective and conducted our mission pat uh, conducted our mission successfully on our way back we took a short pause did our count to make sure that no one was left behind and then carried on before leaving a member of my team of 4 told me he thought we were being followed but he wasn't sure to me this wasn't out of the ordinary as there were enemy forces out looking for us to save time we took the same pack path back as we took in which is not tactically smart thing to do Believing perhaps that we were spotted along the way and being followed or possibly walking into an ambush, I told my team to keep walking 100 meters, then lay down in an all-around defense. We would listen for movement to be sure no one was in the area. As we laid down, it was dead silent. After five minutes, we heard what sounded like a foghorn in the distance. Assuming now this was definitely an enemy force in the area trying to track us, we got up and kept moving. I counted my guys as we were moving <clears throat> out of all of our defense as per normal procedure, and I glanced back before resuming my position in the middle. As I glanced back, my heart stopped. Maybe 30 meters away in the bush were two glowing blue dots. My first reaction was to hit the ground, prompting the rest of my team to do the same and take aim. I could hear whispering coming from the two, light, the two lights direction, but nothing I could make out. At this point, I thought it was an enemy force and that they were probably using blue glow sticks to mark their trail through the bush to get back. So I broke out my night vision sight to get a better look. This is where I started to understand that these lights were not the enemy. As I looked through the night vision, I should have seen a big glow as light is enhanced drastically through night vision goggles. But I saw nothing but the dark shades of green typically seen when staring into nothing but darkness through the night vision goggles. Switching between... My normal view in the MVG, I could see the lights with my eyes, but not through the goggles. Confused, I sat there staring at these two blue dots glowing. My team also seeing the dots now began suggesting we open fire before they spot us. After a brief analysis, I chose not to compromise our position, but to hold and wait. After another five minutes, and starting to think that maybe there was another explanation for the lights, I made the call to get up and approach the two lights silently. As we get about 10 meters away, I hear my lead guy go into a challenge procedure. Hands up. Advance to be recognized. Yankee, Yankee. We all waited for the reply, but it never came. As I made my way up front, the lead man was visibly shocked, and I quickly saw why. As clear as day, I could now see those blue glow sticks were not glow sticks at all, but eyes. Big, glowing blue eyes. And worse was the faint outline of a human body in silvery white in a silvery white nightdress below these eyes. Before I could even talk or rationalize what I was seeing, she was gone. The wind picked up like it hadn't the entire night. Without need for communication, we all ran backwards as fast as we could for a good minute. But being so tired, we slowed our pace, took count of the guys again to be sure we were all together, then carried on single fire file back towards our platoon's patrol base. I feel like all of us were confused or shocked, but no one said a word until my rear security guy informed me, 
were being followed. I look back, and there again, those blue eyes are about 30 meters away behind us. This time, we all turn our white light or all turn our white lights, even though this would be considered a failure on our assessment for breaking light control at night. As the lights lit up, the forest clear as day, we could see this teenage girl standing there. Blue, glowing eyes, brown hair, a white dress soaked in water, and absolutely no explanation as to how she got there. This was not undeniable, or this was now undeniable to what we were seeing. I froze completely. We just stared at each other for a good minute in complete silence until someone worked up the courage to say hello. She raised her hand as if to greet us, but didn't speak. Are you lost? Do you need help? Again, silence. Can we help you? At this point, my mind didn't know what to think. Is this just a lost girl? How did she get here and so late at night? Am I hallucinating? I mean, we were all very tired. All these things were flying through my head at a million miles a minute. Again, she raised her hand as if to greet us, but this time pointed back towards the way we came and softly said, help me. So soft, it was almost indistinguishable from the wind. At this point, I finally worked up the courage to speak, but when I asked, how can we help? She turned her back and walked into the darkness. We hightailed it out of there immediately with all our white light on. When we brought it up to the chain of command, getting back, they attributed it to a mixture of sleep deprivation and exhaustion. They probably would have laughed at us had the staff member assessing our patrol not fully collaborated our story. A few poked phone at us for our encounter with Blue-Eyed Mary. Another told us of their experiences. Mostly just voices and not even close to this encounter. That night lives forever in my memory, and I have yet to be back to that part of the training area since. For the rest of the exercise... I felt like I was being watched constantly. I'd never experienced anything else. So that was Braden's first story. He has another one that we will get to in a minute, but I figured we could just stop and talk about this one to begin with. Um, I dig the story. Yeah. It reminds me of... What's her name? The prevalent ghost from Chicago. Resurrection Mary. Oh. Kind of the same, kind of in the same vein. Well, we've had we've had similar stories that we found through military forces, like overseas and stuff. Like a lot, I think I covered when I covered the Jin episode. Um, I, although you rarely hear about uh, entities with blue eyes like that. Yeah, that is pretty a pretty prominent feature of this story. Now, uh, one of the things that make me. Like, like instantly, especially the fact that it's a training exercise and this, that, and the other, uh, I totally feel like it, it makes, well, it makes me wonder, were there any bodies of water that were near where you guys are training? I mean, I assume there is, but I'll just ask that question. And then it also makes me wonder if she was trying to lead you to her body. Like the, yeah, like the place that she... Yeah, because she was like, she pointed it and was like, help me. And then like kind of walked away like, okay, follow me now. Yeah. And, you know. and the fact that previously other service members have been lured into the same well, it's 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 like she was just dragging them there. Like, oh, yeah, it totally could have been a trap too. Was it, yeah, was it malevolent or was it... Benevolent? It absolutely could have been malevolent. <laughs> Which is horrifying, creepy, to think about that that you could have you could have followed her trying to help you you could have followed her the exact same thoughts that I just had been like yeah she she obviously wants us to find her body you know that way we can help this this poor soul to rest and it's a trap and now you're on the list of people who have fallen victim to her. I'm looking through, uh, just looking for any kind of information I can find up here on uh, Blue-Eyed Mary ghost stories, and I can't find a whole lot. That's what I mean. I don't, the the only one that I can remember off the top of my head is when we covered some Bigfoot encounters, and the Bigfoot had blue eyes, and they were encountered uh, by the military as well. It was outside a military base. I cannot remember... The exact specifics about it, but I do remember that there was a Bigfoot with bright blue eyes like that, and I think they glowed in the dark too. But imagine, imagine that that mind fuck of you see these blue lights, 
with your eyes, and then you put your MVGs on, and you don't see anything. I was thinking the same thing. The way he described it, like pulling them down and seeing it, and when you put it back up, there's nothing. Yeah, that would just it would it would definitely. Like, what in the hell is going on with me? Right. Right. Now? I don't know. It definitely. It's a scary encounter, regardless. You know anything like that? Ghosts, ghosts are that. <sighs> They're this weird dichotomy for me. Like, they're they're interesting to me, but they're never at the forefront of like my paranormal research and what to look into. Yeah, because I I guess in my brain, like, I equate them to people, and people just aren't really that interesting to me. Well, <laughs> as and, shitty and as then, that sounds, and then think about it too, like. Like when you there, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's just my my personal interest or your personal interest when it comes to ghost stories per se. A lot of them are the same in in, in the context of the details. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of a lot it gets washed away because we're not there in that moment. We like yeah. I feel like seeing a ghost in person is infinitely different than me sitting down and go, Steve, like I was in my house and I saw a shadow person move from this door to this door, you know, like that, that degree of, of horror or or scaredness, like it's not, it's not relayed there. You know what I mean? Because we're so used to hearing ghost stories. And I, I get that feeling when I talk about like the shadow that I see in here, I get that feeling myself actually. Um, and I think, I think it's the human element that kind of, it doesn't, cause it doesn't make me, uh, not be interested. It's just, like I said, it's not at the forefront of my interest and in my interest. Right. Cause I have tons of ghost books like that. That was my like first into the paranormal or haunted house stories and this, that, and the other. But I think the human element of it, the fact that the way we perceive ghosts or way, or the way that we have been taught to perceive ghosts are that they were people they were humans it it makes them it it takes away well yes it makes you relate to them through the human element but it takes away a lot of um the 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 initial mystery of it you know what i mean yeah like if you see a ufo you have no fucking idea what that is right or you see see like cryptid yeah you have no idea what that is you see a ghost you're like that used to be a person right so it's like it's like almost like the wow factor yeah isn't exactly there yeah i mean it it is when you're there in that moment and when you dig when you dig deeper into it and you you think about the the uh like the consequences of there being an afterlife or the consequences of maybe what you're seeing is some sort of uh, alternate dimension or alternate dimension bleed through, or maybe it's a time slip from the 1800s. When you, when you look into it like that, it opens a whole world of doors. Yeah. This sparks my interest. But like I said, I, I kind of feel the same way when I talk about seeing the, the shadow in the house and, I was going to touch on that a little bit. Now that it made me think about it, I have started seeing some weird shit here lately, Kyle. I talked about it a little bit on the yeah. Instagram Live on the way to Van Meter. <coughs> but, like, normally I only see it in, see the same one in my house. Just the same, like I've said a million times before, walks the same path, does the same shit. But here lately, probably the last few weeks... I've started to see weird shit like on my way to work. Like the way my the way my town's set up. I live in a small town. It's got one main one main road through the middle of town. Oh yeah, I remember this. And you pull up before you get on the main highway and you look out toward this dead end road that kind of winds around into nothing. And there used to be two little old ladies that lived back there. I don't even know if they live there anymore, if they're alive or this, that or the other, but the the road is a dead end road and it's the only house back there. About four o'clock in the morning a couple weeks ago, I see a silhouette of a person, but no distinguishing features, walking down that road. There, it's, It was weird because it's like there wasn't any, even any light sources behind it. How I could make it out from the rest of the darkness was weird. 
But as soon as my lights shine on it, I wash it and it just kind of almost like it was walking over a hill and just disappeared. So I'm like, man, that was weird. And then a couple of days later, I caught another silhouette of something along the side of the road that did the exact same thing. Like as soon as my eye caught it, it kind of just dissipated, which is, I don't know, maybe chalk it up to not getting enough sleep or... Those are the worst too. The ones that that are in and out quick because you, you start to question yourself. Like, did I actually just see that? Yeah. Was I, it just a reflection? Tired am I? Yeah. Well, how tired am I? Like all of it, which I think naturally we do that anyways. Not not just us, but people in general. Because I think a lot of times we choose we choose not to see the signs. We choose not to acknowledge Everything that's there. Just just go back to sleep. Yeah. And, you know, because like I told you, I, I, did I talk about my dream on the show? I don't know. Because I know we've talked about it out outside of the show. Yeah. And I know you had lightly touched on it in the Discord, but you wanted to touch base with some of our Discord people first. That's kind of why I brought it up, as, as to maybe... There's some correlation between what you, even if you have brought it up. I mean, it's yeah, worth I, talking I don't, about. I don't remember if I did or not, but like it was when we dropped uh, the demonic encounters episode. So it would have that probably about the same time. Yeah, that dream would have happened on release day. So I I said I schedule everything to release at Monday, or yeah, Monday at midnight. So I fell asleep Sunday into Monday. And I had a dream. I can't remember a lot of the specifics other than these things were chasing me. And I can remember trying to protect my family. And, you know, we're working our way through a building. And I get to basically a dead end where I know that I'm screwed. And so I I shuffle everybody behind me. I put my arms behind me to kind of give them like a reverse hug. And I can see this crowd these several people, I, I, I shouldn't say a crowd, but several people approaching me, and I know that they are not good. I know, and I think I get the feeling that they are demonic in nature. And so they all, you hear that, and it's, it's like, all right, that's a scary dream. But what kind of separates it apart is I had previously, when we were running, I had seen the way they turn people into other into demons and it looked like from afar it looked like they were biting the person's neck like a vampire but when it got to me and I had my family behind me and I, I knew that I was fucked there was nowhere for me to go I basically just sat there I wasn't even really trying to fight because I knew that it was it was it was pointless I guess and so I just held my family and was ready for the pain. And my head, I can remember feeling my head cocked to the left and this thing moved in and it went to like, like in a typical vampire movie, whenever they open their mouth right before they bite, well, he had his mouth open and he stopped a couple inches from my neck. And then all of a sudden I see this black mass start to come out of his mouth and go into my neck. And what actually woke me up was it felt like my neck was having a muscle spasm. Like, That's like when, creepy. like when your eye does the shuddering thing or you feel a muscle like twitching, that's what it felt like in my neck. And that's what woke me up. And it was, I'm like, what are the fucking odds of that? You know, I have this, I don't, I can't, I can't even tell you the last time I had an absolute horrifying dream like this in any of that context. But what are the odds that, you know, I guess you really could explain it away by saying that we did a demonic episode, yada, 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 which is, is possible, 100% possible. But it is weird timing. You know, uh, the other night, me and now a lot of things have been ultra, ultra quiet at the house since I started doing the things that I've been doing. You know, every night I kind of give thanks. I, I ask, you know, everybody that's protecting me on the astral level and everything, uh, to protect my family, 
you know, any, any spirits, anything malicious is not welcome here, et cetera, et cetera. I do that once a night, once every other night, everything's been pretty fucking quiet, but it was almost like, what was that would have been a couple nights ago? I can't, I can't really exactly remember, but it was almost like something was trying to come back because me and my wife were hanging out. We were kind of talking in bed and all of a sudden we heard the ding, the bean, the bean. Shut the fuck up. And now that, and I swear, I will swear on everything since I started doing the giving thanks thing and, and saying, listen, you're not fucking welcome here, bro. I swear, I swear. That gave me goose. We have not heard that at all, at all for months now. And it was, it wasn't the, the fucked up thing is it wasn't as pronounced as it normally is. Like, like I said, like something was trying, gave me goosebumps. Like, trying to come did you, back. Did you look in, did you look to see if the bean was in the pot? I, th- or? I think it's still in there. I don't think we ever oh threw it away God. or anything. I think we just left it alone. So that I was like, I was like, so what the fuck, man? And then we, we just kind of chuckled about it, you know, cause it just, it is what it is yeah, at this just, point. Just go back to sleep. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. My because... favorite that 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 Kyle line will be <laughs> will be my defense against every paranormal baddie ever. Well, I mean, if you think about it, especially in your own home, if you sit there and dwell on it too much, you are never going to sleep. You're gonna lay there and constantly be I, fucking. I need worrying. to understand what what this bean drop has to do. I don't know, with man. Whatever the fuck is going on, because that seems to be its go to. I don't know. I don't it, know. It's it's announcement that it's back is the bean drop. That's so fucking weird, man. Yeah, and that night, that night I went through my routine again. You know, I'm like, in Jesus' name, I, re- I rebuke you. You're not welcome here. There's no malicious spirits that are welcome here. You know, uh, and I, I give, I say, I, I thank you for protecting my family, for keeping them safe. Thank you for keeping me safe. You know, I'm just, I just give thanks. I don't ask for shit. I just give thanks that, you know, me and my family made it through the day. We're all healthy. Uh, and I'm appreciative of that. And that nothing, and, and of late, I'm just kind of like everything. Nothing's welcome here. I do what some people have suggested in vision, um, a golden light around my home, around my family members to, to just try to keep them safe. So that's what I've been doing. Just, you know, taking 10 minutes before bed, just, you know, genuinely being thankful that everybody's safe and healthy. Was the bean drop within the last week? Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's so weird. It makes Two weeks wonder. max. So, But I'm pretty sure it was this past week. I'd have to talk to my wife about it. Something we overlook. Man, we're getting way off track. Braden has another story here that we will get to, I promise. But now that we're, now that we're just got the ball rolling, something that we... Uh, kind of overlook whenever we talk about that first big spat of strangeness that happened to us was that it was right after we went to Cemetery X. Yeah. Just happened to coincide with yeah. the Bledsoe shows right, and this, yeah. that, and the other. Yeah. Now, we have just, we had announced that we were planning to go, and then we went to another predominantly hot paranormal spot in Van Meter. Yeah. And almost like it's starting to I don't know, man. Bring itself up. Anything again. anything's possible really. But what would be what is That's interesting weird. about that 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 theory is that it's two separate locations. Yeah. So, and it's not to say do I, I I'll be real. Is do, it, do I feel like I drug anything back from X or Van Meter? No, I don't. Personally, because mostly because of what I've been doing, I I have faith in the fact. I don't know why. I can't sit here and tell you why, and I'm sure everybody's gonna put their two cents in on it. But I I I I just have faith. I just have, and I I use that loosely, you know. But I I believe in what the tarot cards said for me that day. I believe in the synchronicity of it all, of what Charlie told us. I believe that I I've believed that Ernie. You know, I'll say that I will. Believe, I believe that Ernie has always watched out for me, and he will never stop watching out for me. I believe that. Like I believe that to my core. 
Yeah. So I, I, I have faith and I believe in the fact that if I, if I genuinely take these steps to, to protect myself and protect my family and the people that I love, I believe that I will be able to achieve that, you know, because I, when you look back at our past and when I started putting out feelers for protection and we got the spirit convention invite, I got my tarot reading. I started seeing the hawk constantly. I saw the cross in the sky. I had all these fucking things stack on top of themselves, you know, independently, these things are, are magnificent in themselves, right? They're, they're their own separate oddity. But then when you compound them after me constantly, because like you said, that's when we were gearing up to go to X. And so I started looking, I was actively putting it out there in the universe and I genuinely meant it. I, I want protection for myself and my loved ones. And, and it was like the, is it was my, I got my, as far as I'm concerned, I got my fucking answer. I don't care what anybody else has to say about it. I don't care. I mean, you can tell me. You're more than welcome to tell me how you feel about it. But at the end of the day, when all of it's aside, this is what I believe. A hundred percent without question. You know, I know a lot of people uh, look down on tarot readings and what have you. But I, I, this is me. This is my journey. This is my path. This is what provided answers for me. This is what gave me the answers that I needed to hear. And that's just where I'm at with it. You know what I mean? And since then, I've been I've been extremely comfortable with a lot of fucking weird shit that's been going on. <laughs> a lot more than I feel like I normally would. Yeah. You know, outside of all that. Yeah. And I wasn't even, like, really going in the direction that we brought something home. I'm kind of thinking, like, what if these things were were always with us? What if they're drawing power off of these other... It's possible. These other, like, paranormal hotspots. Right. And the bean drop, to be fair, the bean drop doesn't have to be malicious. It might not be something malicious. true. It might be somebody like Ernie making his presence known. Like, hey, I'm here, dude. I I, I don't know. I don't know. You know? And I'm not going to put weight in either either bucket there because I don't know. I don't know. it's, it's It's all interesting when you... And that's what I've always loved about the things that we do is we we do remember really stupid details about a lot. You know what I mean? Like we're able to recall these moments off the top of our head. And I, I realize a lot of it's triggered by words that we'll see. And then we're like, wait a minute. Like you just said with the Cemetery X thing, like, hey, I'm just now thinking about oh, yeah. it. But we're able to recall these moments in our journey that adds significance to what we're currently doing. I, we need to go back to X. Uh, we, I'm sure we will eventually. We, to, we should do that for the Halloween episode. <laughs> Going live from X, baby. Yeah, I need to. That means I need to get on making some of my sigils and stuff. <laughs> okay, on to Braden's second story. After we've just went on with our stories, but that's that's how we do this. That's so. how we do. Braden says, on to my second story. This was in 2015 when I was newest to the Army. I was part of the Arctic Response Company, and we were deployed to the Canadian Subarctic to help the Native community struggling with some extreme weather that winter. This was outside the community of Moosney, Ontario. We were camped out maybe 15 kilometers outside of the town along a strip clear-cut through the woods that a power line ran down. I don't remember much about what... We were exactly doing as I was a private, but I do remember it being about negative 40 degrees Celsius and always dark and dim. One night I was on predator watch with three others to make sure no bears, wolves, or other predators lurked into our camp at night while everyone else rested. How predator watch works is in pairs. Two warm up inside a heated tent and two other patrol the camp with shotguns or rifles, then swap out every 10 minutes to warm up. This was around 2 a.m. or so, and I was already very tired and seeing things in the tree line that I attributed to my sleepiness. We were taught, if you see something moving at night, look to the left or right, and if you see it moving with your peripheral vision, then maybe it's actually something. I did this over and over and was learning as a new troop that vision at night plays a lot of games on you. On one of my rounds at the camp, I stopped to look down the long strip of white snow cut between the trees on each side. I remember thinking about how fun it would be to fly down the strip on a snowmobile and how remote I thought 
or in how remote I was right now, and maybe one of the only only a handful of people that will get the opportunity to ever be here in their life. But something caught my eye down the path. Maybe 400 meters down, I saw movement. Something big crossed the trail. Yelling to alert the other guys on watch, I kept observing this area, and I saw what I thought was a wolf. When we came up with the plan to post all four of us on the corners of our camp for 20 minutes to be sure it didn't come closer, almost immediately, one of the guys saw the same wolf I saw, but said he thinks it may have been a bear, as he clearly saw it stand up from four legs onto two legs and then back down to four. This time, it was only 200 meters away. We decided we'd bite the bullet and fire a warning shot into the bush to hopefully scare away whatever was there, even if it would wake the camp up and possibly get us in trouble because we didn't positively ID the animal before shooting. As soon as the round was fired, we heard a low gurgling sound that turned into a grumble that turned into a vicious growl. This was coming from directly inside the camp, though, not down the path that we just shot at. It was close. When we turned around, we could see a massive wolf in our camp looking right at us, maybe 40 meters away, fur black as night but sticking out against the white snow. When the shotguns got pointed at this thing, it stood straight up on two legs, and before we could even fathom what happened, it took two steps on its rear legs, dropped onto all fours, and sprinted into the tree line. At this point, people were coming out of their tents having heard the shot and yelling. We told them we fired a warning shot at a bear and that there was a wolf inside the camp that ran away. Confirming the prints of the wolf in the camp, the leadership told us good job for reacting to the threats and so on. It all happened so fast it seemed like a blur now. The next morning I walked down the path where I saw the bear the previous night but couldn't find any bear or wolf tracks. Only what appeared to be human footprints. Not boot prints, footprints. Slightly longer and skinnier than normal, but definitely not a bear or a wolf. We left that area that day, and after speaking with some locals about this massive wolf, they told us there's a reason not many people leave the town and that the forest cannot be trusted. That's all I have to share from my experiences, (laughs) and I hope you all stay healthy and safe. Holy shit. Cheers, Braden. (laughs) Bro, that last line gave me goosebumps. (laughs) That was... The forest cannot be trusted. Now it makes me want to know more about it because I don't. Because what's like while you're reading the story, it's weird that you say that because I had somebody on Instagram send me a video, and it's the at first the dude thought it was a fucking bear, and it's a and I just tried finding it and the video's fucking gone now, but he thinks it's he thinks he's filming a bear. It's a broad daylight filming a bear, and then all of a sudden this fucking thing gets up. And it's massive. In the video, now I can't tell how far or close away it is, but in the video, it looks like it's roughly the size of an elk or a moose. So it's big, but it's a fucking wolf. It has the body of a wolf. So you got like a grizzly-sized bear wolf that takes off running like a bat out of hell. Now, in this guy's story, my mind instantly wants to go Skinwalker. I was thinking the same thing. But the question is, is is that uh, reasonable for the region? What did you say it was? In Ontario? Yeah, he's up in Canada, so. I mean. And usually that's like a, a U or a Navajo deal. Now, that's not to say that there isn't something else out there that you know, acts like, because essentially, um, they do have windigos in Canada. Right. Yeah. I assume that, which I mean, but I don't, I don't, I don't, but there's not enough. I haven't looked into it enough and maybe there's not enough lore yet on if the windigo can shape shift like that. Cause instantly it's skinwalker, but, um, Uh, popular shape-shifting creatures in folklore are werewolves and vampires, uh, European, Canadian, Native American, early American folklore, the Hulijing of East Asia, uh, gods, goddesses, demons, and demonesses like succubus, incubus, and other uh, numerous entities. It could have been a lot of different things. Oh, there's a whole list of shapeshifters. Well, there you go. I mean... A werebear... 
That's sick. Werewolf, animals turning into humans. Oh, yeah. I mean... And essentially, the, the Skinwalker sort of sh- is just a witch, right? I mean, it, it has the, the beginning origins of a witch, so... It, it ha- like, it registers... There's a whole, a whole lot of things going on here we got to break down, right? So, first off, Braden thinks he sees this gigantic wolf cross the cut path leading into the cane. Which is fucking terrifying. Yeah. Because I, you just picture it like the, the snow's unbroken and the moonlight's shining down. So if you've ever been outside and yeah. on a snowy night, it's pretty lit because yeah. the, the moonlight will reflect off the snow. Right. Almost, almost illuminating, making its own, own luminous, luminescence, whatever it is. But then you see this massive creature, whatever, walk out into this path and then stand up and take yeah. two more steps and then drop down and sprint away. All Which, the... to be fair, to be fair, bears could do that. Yes. To be fair. Yes. Yes. Could. But then, not, not five minutes after, he sees the thing closer, along with some of his other patrol buddies, not 200 meters away. So it's getting closer to the camp. They fire the warning shot, and they immediately hear a growl in the camp from another entity, almost like it was a pack of whatever the fuck these are. Which it would be like a, a whole smoke and mirrors thing there, where you're, yeah. you're, it's purposely showing itself down here. Why old so boys th- coming oh, up the back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which wolves will do that. There's a lot of animals that do do that type of shit. The thing that fucks me up is that whatever was in the camp left wolf prints, and whatever was outside of the camp left, left people prints. That's terrifying. That would be the biggest mind fuck to me. That would, that would, that for me, that's probably what would made that way fucking scarier. Yeah, what if? And the fact that the wolf in the camp walked on two legs too. Right. It does, it does. I mean, it sounds Skinwalker 101. Especially Some with sort of with the the research that I've been doing into him lately, I mean, it sounds Skinwalker one on one. It really does. It's so. so Although, weird. in some of my research, it seems like the Skinwalker, some of them get perverted where they're not. They don't really turn back into a human. They turn back into something else. Oh, dude, I don't even know. Uh. There are berserkers, which are werebears, which are written in Old Norse. That sounds writing. terrifying. Um, the, it sounds like an episode's oh, coming on fucking shapeshifters. In the Inuit religion, which it would be kind of that area, yeah, I would think, in Canada, the Ijirak, Iger, I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong, I-J-I-R-A-Q, is a shapeshifting creature that's said to kidnap children. Hide them away and abandon them, dude. It says the Wendigo's a shapeshifter. Yeah, you need. I'm. I'm. I, this might be the new angle for one of my upcoming episodes here, because I am kind of digging this. Yeah, they hide. They kidnap children and hide them away, and they will allow the children to go home if they can convince them to let them go. That uh, seems sadistic as fuck. Yeah. I'll let you go if you can convince me. Mesoamerican folklore has the Nagual, N-A-G-U-A-L, a human being who has the power to shapeshift into their tonal animal counterpart. Nagualism is tied to the belief one can as- access power and spiritual insight by connecting with the tonal animal within. Uh, skinwalkers. Navajo culture skinwalker is a type of harmful witch who has the ability to turn into, possess, or disguise themselves as an animal. Wendigo is a mythological creature or evil spirit which originates from the folklore of the Plains and Great Lake natives as well as some First Nations. It's based in and around the East Coast forest of Canada and the Great Plains region of the United States. But the, the, only, the only thing is that Wendigos usually have the description that does not fit what he gave. They're usually paler, uh, thinner. Yeah, have almost a, a malnourished look to them. Dude, that's weird. I like that though. I like that. 
I didn't realize there was that many different shapeshifters out there. Uh, the the la, la, Lamia, Lamia, ancient Greek mythology is a child eating monster, and in a later tradition was regarded as a type of night hunting, night hunting spirit. Sounds like an asshole. Yeah. True that. Anything that fucks with kids is an asshole. True. Yeah, dude. That okay, Braden? That last story. Fucking money, dude. Like a, and then like, because you you know damn good and well, like it gets cold here in Illinois, right? Oh, like we have some really cold winters. Yeah, but it's not it's not even going to be comparable to up there. And the fact that some assholes walking around barefoot, I highly doubt that. Yeah, let's see what that registers in American here. Uh oh, well, negative forty Celsius is negative forty Fahrenheit, which is cold as fuck. I've worked in negative 20, and it is brutal. Snot freezes to your face. Yeah, I mean, literally, if you the the condensation from your mouth will freeze my beard. Like, I'll have ice chunks in my beard. Yeah. The front of my face covering will turn to a solid sheet of ice. (laughs) And that's a negative 20. I've never worked in negative 40, and I don't want to at all. Nah, I'm good. I just... Man, so many things about that last. Dude, it's all that was that was on, awesome. The walking on two legs. Like it I don't like. No. That's not I'm not no. a fan of I'm not a fan of four legged animals walking on two legs. No. It's just not natural. Well in the sheer I mean the wolves are big. I'm like, not a fan of wolves walking around with human feet. That's not cool. That's not natural. That's that's not normal. It's paranormal, if you will. Yes. Uh and the fact that there was a pack of these makes me wonder how many more of these things were in the surrounding woods. God, because it, it doesn't it just give you like native vibes. Yeah, it sucks. Like the fact, especially like especially that there's more of them. There's more than one. Like it just makes me feel very native. Like they're infiltrating the camp. It yeah. just has that whole like feeling to it. Yeah, and it makes it makes me wonder like. Like now, this whole scenario is playing out in my mind. Like, is, what if the one that's that's the actual shapeshifter, the human one, the one with the human tracks, has taken it upon itself to to take in a pack of regular wolves, could and be, and then like train them to act like the shapeshifter. Could be. It could be. You know, not that it's ultra relatable, but you do hear like dog man. It's almost like a reverse packs. Yeah, it's almost like a reverse feral children kind of thing. Right. I don't know, no, man. Like it, this, this turned out way better than I no, originally anticipated. You. That second story is Forest fucking awesome. Be trusted. See Dude, that line I there. I don't think any any more of a true statement has been said on this show. Yeah. Than what this is right here. The forest yeah. cannot be trusted. But it's like just the fact that that came from a local's mouth. Like it, there's so much ominence to that. that oh, dude, just, I, that would have been it. I'd have left. I'd yeah. be like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm done. Fuck uh, these woods. You know what else can't be trusted? Me staying here because it's not happening. That's right. I'm out. out it's dude. It's crazy. It's crazy. The I don't. I don't know. Like I want to know more about the forest of that that area now. I don't. I do. I'm not going there because it's too cold for me. But you can go there in the summer. Okay. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, you can drive there, so I'll just cover my body in bear traps. That's a good idea, actually. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just lay out in the woods. Yeah. We'll just tie like a steel cable to your back and hang you from a tree. Just drag me from a side by side, covered in bear traps. That'll work. That'll work. I don't. I see no flaws in this plan. Absolutely not. But that was awesome. I do see the end of the episode. How'd you like that? How'd you like that lead in? That was that was good. Um, yeah. So again, this is a couple uh, listener stories from the same person. That was awesome. It it was awesome. You guys are probably gonna get more of these because we we feel like they deserve their own time too, and they can't be like we said. They can't be added into. Uh, Big meat and potato episodes, so 
like I said, it turned out, it overall turned out better than I thought. Like it gave us a lot, like the way they, that he took the time to write it, gave us a lot of talking points. It gave us a lot of things to fire on. Yeah. It was very well done. Like it, and it, I had fun too. It was awesome. Yeah, it was great. Reading the stories and like taking them in and then getting to visualize yeah, everything. So thanks for hanging out with us this Monday. We hope we made it some iota better than it was before you tuned in uh remember to share the show we love you guys check us out at all our social medias facebook instagram youtube twitter tiktok discord and reddit come and hang out be part of the hollow cult and until next monday stay safe stay weird and remember the forest cannot be trusted